Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Investor Intelligence. It's your podcast for all things investment brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. My name is Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace and with me today is my co-host and our property slash investment expert, Luke Harris. Hi, Luke. Hi, Phoebe. Now, listeners, as I just mentioned, Luke and I are from The Property Mentors. Luke is our incredible founder and CEO who has decades of experience behind him and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to investing. As for myself, I'm new to the Property Mentors team and not yet an expert. However, I am just starting out on my own investment journey. So I am here to ask the beginner level questions that Luke and the many other hosts and guests you'll hear from along the way will guide us through. Our aim really is to provide easy to understand, digestible information and guidance for all levels of investors, as you can really never stop learning when it comes to investing. Therefore, we wanted to start this podcast for many reasons, but most notably, we wanted to be able to share with you that wealth of knowledge in order to help people discover what they want to achieve from their investing, what a successful plan looks like, and so much more. And this is all backed up by those decades of experience from Luke and his team. So before we get into today's topic, and as this is our first episode, Luke, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what we do here at The Property Mentors. Yeah, look, the Property Mentors uh, really was established to help investors through their investment journey, learning about how to invest in property, but also understand the psychology of investing. And really, the the reason I started the Property Mentors was through my own experience as an investor, going out there and trying a bunch of different things uh, and, and really putting systems and processes in place to to teach other people about what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, amazing. And why do you think it's important for people to learn how to invest successfully? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of people that go out there in the marketplace and they, they try and invest and they try and do different things. They try and buy a property, maybe do a development or a renovation or see things on TV, make it makes it look easy. And I think a lot of people uh, will, will try investing, but don't really have a clear plan or they don't really have any guidance on how to do it and how to do it properly. Yeah, fantastic. So let's get into it. Being our first episode, it only makes sense for us to get straight into some basics of investing. Now, I can confidently say that most people assume that in order to invest in anything, you only have to have the funds. Now, of course, having the funds to do so is an important part of it. But what most people may not realize is that having the funds is actually only the technical part. So, Luke, in what ways can people know that they are ready to invest and invest successfully? Yeah, look, Fabi, um, one of the things that we've worked out over the years is that there's there's different components to being actually ready to invest. And, you know, a lot of people wrongly assume that if you've got money, then you're ready to go out there and invest. Um, if you've gone and spoken to a mortgage broker and they said that you can borrow X amount of money to go and buy a property, then that automatically uh, says that you're ready. Um, but there's other stages that we've we've uh, worked out that are actually required. So we've worked out there's, there's three fundamental components that go hand in hand to being ready. And those, those different stages are going to change over the lifespan of your uh, investment career. But the three stages essentially are being financially ready. Obviously, that's a big one. You need to have the money and the funds and the borrowing uh, ability there. Um, but the other one is having the educational readiness. Um, we need to make sure that we've got the educational readiness. We know we know what we're doing and we understand what we're doing. And, and of course, you need the emotional readiness. So there's no point in having two without the third one. Um, you need to have that emotional readiness and understand that investing does carry risk, but also understand how you can balance that risk and make sure that it fits in with your actual risk profile. Yeah, and this is not to say that you need to be 100% ready across every area. 
However, being aware of these stages and how they can impact your results is extremely important. So let's dive into the first type of readiness. So what does it mean and why is it important to be emotionally ready to invest? Look, I think emotionally, being emotionally ready means you understand why you're doing it in the first place. Uh, it means that you, know, you, you understand what the risks are, uh, understand how those emotions can affect your investing. A lot of people uh, buy and sell, buy and sell based on what's happening in the media at the time. So the emotional readiness really makes a big difference when you uh, have an understanding of why you're doing it, you've set out your goals, um, you understand the, the reasons why, um, and then of course you, you take steps to, to work on the emotional side of your investing so that you're not just making um, emotional decisions and you're actually setting all of your decisions out like a business and you're making business-like decisions that are not based on emotions. Uh, and the, the big thing with the stock market in particular is that people love um, investing with emotions. If they, they hear a certain stock is going up or down, they might buy or sell based on that. And that's purely an emotional driven thing. It's not really based on the fundamentals of the underlying investment. So we need to make sure that our emotions are in check. But of course, there needs to be a process in place for doing that. If we just tell you to go and you know, sort out your emotional readiness. Most people don't know how to do that. They don't have the tools to do that. So we've actually put systems and processes in place that our mentors actually work through with our members to make sure that they understand the processes that we've put in place to to really understand the emotional side of your investing. Okay, so given that it's probably not even possible to be 100% ready, what are perhaps some of the signs that someone is not emotionally ready? Look, um, being emotionally ready, there's, there's going to be, like you said earlier, Phoebe, there's, there's going to be, uh, nobody's out there going to be 100% ready. But uh, I think the key thing here really is that the uh, emotional readiness is going to change from time to time, but there's, there's going to be a period where you understand that you've got enough education and you're financially ready to be able to make a decision to invest. Um, to know if you're not emotionally ready um, means that you're probably worried about losing money, you're worried about making the wrong decision, you're worried about things that have happened in the past, or you might be worried about things that your friends and family are saying. Uh, and you're more worried about what they're saying, um, more worried about losing money, more worried about things going wrong than you are about things going right. And that usually indicates that we need to get your education up a little bit higher. Because if you're, uh, your emotions aren't in check and you're emotionally worried about all of the things that you're doing, you don't have the education yet that you need to make an informed decision. And that's why we've put processes and systems in place to make sure that people can at least understand the emotions that they're going through and where they're coming from. For sure. And with the emotional aspect, there is always going to be a level of uncomfortability when venturing into something new. So taking a leap of faith as such can be very overwhelming, but with anything that requires growth, it doesn't happen unless we step out of our comfort zones. So it really is that process of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, I think the, 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 the thing is that getting out of your comfort zone means that it's going to be uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people think that they can um, change the things that change the results that they're getting at the moment without changing what they're doing. And we all know the saying of the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So, of course, if you, if you keep doing what you've been doing and you're not happy with the results you've been getting, something needs to change. So, obviously, getting out of your comfort zone is going to be uncomfortable. That's the whole concept. Um, but the same thing as, as the, the lake analogy is, of course, you can dip your toes in the water and you can be scared and get back out again, or you can 
dive straight in and you find your, yourself in the middle, you can either keep going to the other side or you can come back. So, you know, I think that that is a big step for a lot of people to get out of their comfort zone, but it's a process that anyone's going to go through. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're investing or if you're learning to skydive, for example, um, you can't just dip your toes in the water with skydiving. You're either in or out uh, and you've got an emotional process to go through to get ready to go for your first skydive. Um, the same thing, you know, horse riding for the first time. If you're going on a jet skiing or scuba diving, doesn't matter what you're doing. If you haven't done it before, your emotions are going to be, you're going to have butterflies, you're going to be a little bit nervous and that's okay. It's a normal process. And I think when people go through that process and they get worried, it's a normal process. So when they get worried, a lot, uh, often people will think that that's a bad thing. They'll think that this is not normal. It's not comfortable. So therefore something's wrong. And so they will retreat back. But we help people to understand that it's a normal process to go through and it's how you manage that process that's going to get you to the other side. Yeah. Now, you mentioned just before that some of the doubts that people may have through this process usually indicate that their education just needs to be raised. So let's talk about the second ready. Aside from the awareness of the emotions one may experience, I guess it's easy to think that being educated means knowing everything about investing, say, for example, knowing everything about the property market. But what does it mean to be ready in an educational sense? Yeah, educational readiness is going to change from time to time. So we typically ask people on a scale of one to ten, how how much do you know about the property market? How would you how would you rate yourself? Uh, how would you rate your knowledge as an investor in the property market? And people might come back and say they're a two or a three or maybe a five or a six. Very rarely do we get people come in and say I'm a nine or a ten out of ten, um, and they don't know everything, and that's okay. Most people we'll never get to that point where they do know everything, but that'll change over time. So you might start off at a two or a three over a period of time working with us and our team, you'll get to a five or a six or a seven or an eight. But the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. So educational readiness means that you you understand the, the fundamentals behind any particular investment, but you also understand how it fits into your plan. So learning about the property market is not something that's um, particularly um a difficult thing to do but if you're going to research the entire property market you're going to research apartments and townhouses house and land developments there's so many things that you would need to learn you might be learning and studying for 10 years before you actually learn all of it so your educational readiness means that you're learning things that actually suit your plan and you're learning about things that actually benefit you rather than learning everything a broad uh, broad spectrum approach, hoping that it's somewhere in there is the golden nugget that you need for yourself. So what we help to do as mentors is to really teach people um, what they need for their own particular plan and filling in the educational gaps rather than saying, here's a 500 page manual that you need to go and read. 90% of it's not relevant to you. And that's what I found over the years as an investor going out there, trying to research the property market, trying to learn about investing was really to go out there and try and learn everything. And I realized that, that all of the education that I was absorbing, trying to soak it all up, that it wasn't relevant. It wasn't relevant to my situation or it wasn't relevant at that point in time. So the information, you go to a, you do a TAFE course, for example. I remember back in high school, I had to go and do science. I had to do English, I had to do maths. Um, I had to do various other things in school. I can hardly remember now, but a lot of the things that I did in school weren't relevant to my career, weren't relevant to anything. So they weren't, it wasn't, I wasn't going to absorb that information because it wasn't important to me. 
it's the same thing with your education on property. If you're going to go out there and take a broad approach and try and learn everything there is about property, there's so much information out there. And the, the worst thing is it's changing. So you might learn about doing a development right now, which is different in every state, different in every council anyway. And then six, 12 months later, it changes anyway. And you don't need that information for another 10 years, um, potentially. So it's understanding what education you need and when you need it. And so that's what we've got a, a process in place to make sure that the education that you get is actually suitable for what you need right now and it makes sure to make sure that it fits in with your long-term goals. Yeah, that's a great note to reiterate. No one ever gets to a point where they know everything because there is an unlimited amount of information out there. So knowing as much as possible isn't necessarily as helpful as it sounds. And as you said, Luke, information changes all the time. But that's a very comforting thing to hear as someone starting out in investing, that it does not mean that you have to be an expert on everything property before you're ready. More so, you need to seek the education that is directly relevant to your circumstances and your goals. Yeah, well, I think you're right You're right with that. And um, the thing is with in, in information and education, all the information that you need to build wealth is already out there on the internet. It's already out there. So the question is, if you, why haven't you already built wealth and why are you not already a multimillionaire property investor, if all the information that you need is already out there. It's already on the internet. If you want to learn how to build a rocket ship, I'm pretty sure you could get on the internet and get all of the information off the internet. I don't know where you'd start looking, but I imagine you won't get much off the NASA website, but I imagine there are websites out there if you delve deep into the internet, you'll be able to find out how to build a rocket ship if you want to. There's all sorts of things out there, but the thing is that most people don't know how to research that information or where to find it. It's definitely out there. We know that. But the thing is about property investing is there's so much information and so much education out there to access. How would you find it? And then how would you critically analyze that information and apply it back to your own situation? And that's the problem is that there's so much information out there. And you and I both know we've grown up with, with you know, the, the technology, with the internet and everything, um, being able to access information, uh, you know, at the drop of a, a pin. And because there's so much information, that can actually overwhelm people to the point where they don't do anything at all. So that's why we want to make sure that the information and the education you get is actually targeted. If you wanted to get fit or start a fitness program, you wouldn't run a marathon if you hadn't yet mastered jogging. You also wouldn't begin weight training by lifting 30 kilo dumbbells. There are of course multiple ways to keep fit through a variety of sports and exercise programs. However, there is a process to getting into shape and achieving peak performance. It's the same when it comes to investing in property. You need to start by doing some self-assessment of where you are now to where you'd like to be. This would be your fitness test. You have to find your team of experts who will help you along the way. These would be your trainers. And learn how other people invest, including the mistakes they've made. Only then can you start to look at how you will achieve your property investing goals. Property Fit assists you with all of this. It's the latest book from experienced property investor, entrepreneur, and founder and CEO of The Property Mentors, Luke Harris. It's the book that will guide you through the groundwork you need to cover before you start investing, exploring all the ways to invest in property by helping you find a strategy that will lead to the ultimate goal of financial freedom. Property Fit is your easy to read practical book, including mentor tips and mindset insights, as well as proven strategies that seasoned investors or those just starting out in property will find invaluable. Visit propertyfitbook.com.au to purchase your copy and get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom. Now, the final type of ready 
kind of speaks for itself. But what does being financially ready really look like in addition to simply having the funds? Financially readiness is a, is a good one because a lot of people wrongly assume that they just need money to invest. Now, financially ready doesn't just mean that you've got a deposit to go and buy a property. And it doesn't just mean that you've got the ability to go and get a loan. Being financially ready means that you've got good money habits. It means that you understand your money. It, un- it means you understand your budget, where your money is going, what you spend it on, where you can save money and where you can get some efficiencies from, from your financial situation. Um, it also means that um, you uh, have a good understanding of where, where your money goes, what you do with it, and also how you can um, improve on your, your situation. So it's understanding money in general. It's understanding what you do with your money. It's also understanding what the ability is for you to continue building uh, an investment portfolio. So it means having a an understanding of the finance markets, understanding of interest rates and banking, and obviously, to a certain extent, the macroeconomic um, factors that are at play. It doesn't mean you need to know it all. You don't need to become an economist. You don't need to do a, a course to become a mortgage broker, but it does mean, it does mean that you need to understand the basics so that when you're having a conversation with your mortgage broker, having a conversation with your accountant or financial planner, that you are able to speak the, the language that they speak. It means that you understand the very basics of finance to be able to have those conversations about your financial readiness. And the financial readiness is also going to change over time. You might go and buy a property or two properties. You can't borrow any more from the banks. And then we need to go back to essentially reset the clock to get ready for your next purchase. And that often happens. And you, a lot of investors love the idea of buying a property every year. But for most people, they need to get that next deposit ready. The hardest thing for a lot of people is getting your first one, two or three properties into the portfolio. And once you've got those properties and you've got a bit of growth, it actually gets easier over time because... Um, once, like like me, you're always in finance. You're always speaking to a broker. You're always always getting loan documents sent out, refinancing, restructuring. Uh, it becomes almost a full time job. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it certainly uh, it certainly is uh, uh, running your portfolio like a business. And a lot of people to to get that financial readiness really means that you. What am I saying here? Um, to get that financial readiness means that you're in contact with your accountant and your mortgage broker to to know what steps you need to take to get ready. So you might not be ready to go and buy a property now, but it might mean that if you restructure a few things, pay off some credit card debt or or um, uh, reassess your, your current lending situation, you might be able to do something in six months' time. So that financial readiness doesn't mean that you actually have to be ready to invest right now, but it means you need to understand what steps you need to take to be ready. Um, so a lot of people might be emotionally ready, they might be educationally ready, but they don't have that financial readiness. But it doesn't mean you can't do anything. It might mean you need to wait six or seven months till you are ready. And it's taking those steps. But unless you go through that process, you may not know what you need to do. So for some people, it might be as simple as just paying off a $2,000 credit card that they've got. It might mean clearing up something. They've got an old phone bill that they didn't pay five years ago that's still sitting on their credit file. And it's tidying that up and making sure that that's resolved so that the lenders will will uh, you know consider you for, for an application. So all of these things mean that you're aware of your financial situation and you're across all of the components that make up your, your total financial life and also that you can have those conversations with your advisors so that you can make an informed decision. 
Yeah, well, thank God we don't have to become economists. But just going off that, something you mentioned in your first book, Let's Get Real, which I thought painted a really clear picture of this and something that more people should be aware of is the fact that most people can tell us off the top of their head what their physical weight is within a few kilograms, but far fewer can tell us what their financial weight is to within a few hundred dollars. Why do you think that is? Well, there's there's a couple of reasons for that. Obviously, during COVID, a lot of people like myself, have put on a, a little bit of weight. So they've probably weighed themselves a little bit more often, especially during lockdowns. So people people know their weight a little bit more than they normally would. Um, but you're right. Like we've mentioned in, in Let's Get Real is that most people, they don't know their, their financial weight. Uh, they don't know how much they've got in their superannuation. They don't know what it's invested in. They don't know their, their total wealth position. And I think that's a really important thing um, for people to actually be across. And I think because there's so many different bits of information, you've got your superannuation statement, you've got your bank statement, your home loan. How do I know the value of my home? I'm still paying my car off. All of these different things. How do people collate all of that information to know their their weight? Whereas if you want to know your your body weight, jump on the scales and it will tell you. Then um, you throw the scales in the bin and you know, <laughs> give up on the diet. But I think the, the thing is with um, knowing your financial weight, it's a really important first step. It's part of being financially ready so that we can actually um, know our starting position. And obviously what, what gets measured can be improved. If you don't measure it, you can't improve it. Um, it's hard for you to lose 10 kilos if you don't know what your starting position is because you go and weigh yourself in three months time and you don't know if you've lost 10 kilos because you never knew the starting position. So the same thing with your your financial weight is knowing your starting position because once we know that, we can take steps to improve it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you, Luke. I've personally found this super helpful. If you would like to know any more about The Property Mentors, you can check out our website and visit our blog, which is linked in our show notes along with all of our socials. Luke also has two books. There's Let's Get Real, which is the one I mentioned before, and his newest book, Property Fit, is now available to purchase at propertyfitbook.com.au. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll cover the types of common investors we come across in order to help you recognize the kind of investor you are and the kind of investor you'd like to be. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And Luke, thank you. Thanks, baby.